Welcome to the Might Sound Wild podcast. I'm Ron Wayne Scott. And I'm April Oil. And this week we're going to address something that we get asked about quite often. I'm sure uh, you've heard the same thing over the years, April, and that is somebody comes to you and says, I want to be a photographer, but I don't know where to start. And that's what we're going to sort of talk about today is we're we're going to kind of help you uh, with where to start. And I would say the first thing is you need to ask yourself the question, is this something I'm passionate about or is it just I'm just looking to looking for a cheap way to start my own business? Because that's what that's how a lot of people start. But uh, you're you got to be passionate about it to to be successful about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You'll burn out (laughs) if not. Yeah, if you don't have the passion, it's just going to turn into a job, and uh, you're going to get burnt out on it. You're going to be you're going to dread going to those shoots or doing those weddings or whatever it is that you decide you want to do. I would say the the next thing would be: Do I want to really make this a business or? Is it just a hobby? In other words, do I just want to do photography for my family, friends, coworkers, that kind of stuff? Or do I really want to go forward with this as a business? And if you want to go for it as a business, there's going to be some investment. So you're going to have to have some money uh, ready to invest in this business. Exactly. And there's a lot of questions surrounding your first steps to be a business. And I'd say, you know, one of the main things is number one, be legal. You need to be doing business legally under the confines of, of rules that apply to your area um, rules within, you know, the government, you know, the IRS, you need to, you need to be set up. So um, would, would you agree, Ron? That's like one of the main things you need to do. Definitely. Definitely. You definitely want to, uh, if, if you're going to be advertising to the public, you need to be, a real business. And, uh, and listen, I'll just say, I think a lot of creative types, because I'm one of those just really runs away from this. I call it grown up business, this grown up stuff that you have to do. Like sure. we want to just show up and take pictures. We don't want to deal with, you know, where the money is supposed to go. You know, we don't want to re- you know, deal with reporting taxes and buying licenses. There's so much that goes into it. It could be big and scary, so hopefully the beginning of this episode can kind of encourage people to be like, no, it's it's not as scary. There's just a few things you got to do. Just sit down at your computer. Right. And let's do it. <laughs> it's it's not as scary as you might think it is. It it seems kind of intimidating to get business licenses and all that kind of stuff, but uh really it's it's not that bad. Now, I will tell you this that every Every place is different. You every might city have... or every state, or what do you mean when you say that? Well, th- there are some some places you don't have to have there. Depending on where you live, you may not have to have a city business license. You may not have to have a county business license. Um, another thing is, a lot of people think you need to become an LLC or a corporation or something like that. You don't really have to do that. You can do just a basic business license with your name doing business as so-and-so photography. And um, 
that and you're instead of having a tax ID number, you're doing business under your social security number. If you want to stay a small business, that's really all you need to do. You don't have to go through uh, getting a tax ID number and all that kind of stuff. So if you're going to do that, Ron, where where do you need to go uh, and to inquire for that license? I would say the best place to start would be call City Hall for the town that you live in. And they can uh, they can tell you what you need. Um, they'll they'll tell you if you need to register with the state or the county or anything like that. So uh, just uh, just call your just call your city business license office and just ask them, hey, I'm want to start a photography business. How do I do this legally? And they'll tell you who you need to register with. So once you're registered and you have you've obtained your license to do to, to business in your county or your city, what's the next step that's really important to being legal? Well, I'll tell you um, one thing. Another, I guess, really another another big cost to making things legal and doing things the right way is uh, you need to have liability insurance for your business. And uh, we were just talking about this before we started recording. Back years ago, when you and I both first started doing wedding photography, we never got asked for liability insurance from wedding venues. And that's something that has really become a big thing in the last few years. There's a lot of wedding venues that are asking for liability insurance and they need you to be uh, they need their venue to be listed as covered under your liability insurance policy. So that's going to be another uh, another cost. And it's a good idea to have insurance anyway. And so, that was a quick like Google search, read, you know, sign up. There's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of online companies uh, that do um, liability insurance for businesses. The one we use is called Hiscox, H-I-S-C-O-X. And I've always been happy with them because they seem to understand what photographers need. And um, so they've always been very helpful for me. And another thing is, if you're uh, if you're shooting in certain places, um, public parks, state parks, that kind of stuff, you might have to have liability insurance for that. So that's another that's another one of the legal aspects that you need to uh uh, look into before you start. If you're going to be shooting in a state park or uh, in the case of Mountain Escape, uh, we shoot in a national park. And right. we have to be uh, a registered vendor for the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And that's another one of those things that you'll need to look into when you start up. And uh, if you are shooting in a place like that, they might uh, they might want to be listed on your liability insurance as well. Right. Yeah. That's, I was going to say the next step is like, where are you primarily going to be shooting and do you need special permits outside of, you know, having a business license? Um, and you'll, and you'll need to check those park websites for that information. Correct. Yes, that is correct. And, um, uh, an exam, another example of having to have, uh, uh, special permits. Um, one of the areas where we do business for shore shooters is in uh, South Walton County, Florida. You do have to have a vendor permit to do business on the beach there. And 
the way they look at it, if you're a photographer who's out on their beaches taking pictures, then you are a beach vendor. And so you have to get a permit from them. And then that also goes back to the liability insurance because you have to list them on your liability insurance policy to photography okay. there. So uh, you, you'll, you'll just want to do some research. And that uh, this also goes back to something that we were talking about last week, which is networking with other photographers. Uh, talk to other photographers who are in that area and just ask them, hey, is there any place around here that I have to have a special permit to use? But the next thing is taxes. Yeah. Um, How's that first work? of all, first of all, I would say the best thing to do to uh, help keep things organized and uh, make things easier at tax time, you need to start a a business bank account. Don't don't mix your personal stuff with your business stuff. Right. That's just going to make it really confusing uh, with taxes. Um, or another another option is I know you do this when you pay for business expenses personally. You have a credit card that yeah. you put all your business stuff on. So that way, when it comes when, around to tax time, yeah. you just you just look at the online statements for that credit card, and that way you know what you spent on business. So that's a good step too. But I would definitely do a business bank account, especially if you're going to be doing. Uh, if you're going to be doing online payments, um, if you're going to be taking online payments from clients, if you're using Square, Stripe, something like that uh, for your payments, then you definitely want those going into a business account because it makes you look more professional because uh, it's not going. You, it looks a little unprofessional if you're accepting payments from clients and it just has your name on it. So. Yeah. But even but to back up to like the tax situation, I think a lot of people don't realize this. And I sure was always scared of it. You should be charging and reporting taxes. Yes, you do. You do. Uh, regularly, you, monthly. Right. 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 Yeah. That's a, that's another thing to look into is different states have different rules as far as sales tax. You might have to pay, depending on what state you live in, you might have to pay sales tax, especially if you are selling prints. You're going to have to uh, you're going to have to legally you're supposed to charge sales tax on those because mm -hmm. it's a product. Exactly. And uh, if you do that, you definitely need to be a business. So, so now if people are listening to this right now and they're going, oh, goodness, I don't even want to fool with this stuff. What's the simplest way for them to figure this stuff out? Like, do I live in a state that, you know, I have to charge sales tax as a photographer? Like, what what can they what can they do? Well, you you can always do like me. I just Google everything and yeah. find it that way. But uh, if you don't want to do that, I would talk to a CPA. Yeah, um, fine. Uh, yeah, you're gonna need one anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna need one eventually <laughs> anyway. So I would, uh, I would definitely recommend uh, talking to a CPA, and they can help you figure out what you have to they pay. They can also with. outline what is write-offs for you, so that you can be prepared going into a tax year. Um, you know, they can they can be so helpful for like saving you money really in the long run and doing things with a peace of mind to feel like, okay, I am legal. I am not doing anything wrong. I'm doing this, you know, to the best of my knowledge with a professional's help. 
Yeah, right. it's it's definitely it, it'll definitely ease your mind if you have somebody uh, helping to guide you through all of the uh, licenses, taxes, all that kind of stuff. So getting a CPA is just uh, it's sort of comforting. Yeah, exactly. OK, so now that we've kind of covered the legalities, the first steps of being a photographer, we're going to kind of halfway through this podcast at this point, kind of switch it up and speak about how to be your best, you know, with your yes. skills. Yes. So, so, um, I guess we'll start with, uh, I guess you should determine if there's going to be a specialty for you. Are you going to, are you going to just be a wedding photographer? Are you going to just do senior portraits? Are you just going to do real estate or are you just going to do it all? And, uh, I guess I'll just ask you uh, any any tips on how to figure that out. I think the first thing, it, it, sometimes it's just a gut feeling. It's just an inclination you're leaning towards. You know, you're figuring out like, oh, this makes me happy or this brings me joy. It's just that simple. Most of the times people have a good grip on that. But I will say that it changes as you grow and change as a photographer and as you get gain more experience, you'll find, you know, pleasures and different types of work and, um, like I'd, I'd say advice would be like, don't go for everything. If everything isn't jazzing you, like if you're not really out there enjoying yourself, don't go for everything. You, there's definitely a place for you with whatever thing that you're trying, you know, that you, that you would rather shoot unless it's just literally financial gain. In which case you just got to do what you got to do until you can kind of perfect the thing that, you know, you want to do to make money. Um, I know that after shooting many large weddings that I enjoyed thoroughly, but after shooting them for years, my first real elopement, I was like, oh, this is what I was supposed to be doing. This is relaxing. This is, this is getting me, not that it's easier work because it's definitely not, but it was like, I was thriving on it. It was yeah. clearly what I was supposed to be doing. So that's when I stopped taking, I made a decision to step away from large weddings, but it was only after doing them for years that I was able to realize that. But yeah. I guess I guess be prepared to reinvent yourself somewhere along the way. And of because, course, yeah. Now all these years later, I'm actually really finding myself thriving off of young family stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. You you reinvented yourself. That. You've reinvented yourself several times over the yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. You just got to go with what's bringing you what what's making you happy. What you're really like on fire for. That's what you gotta you gotta go after. That's the yeah. dream. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, you know, it's it's fine to start out doing everything because I think we both kind of started out that way, uh, doing just taking whatever jobs would come to us. Um, but uh, you'll you'll probably figure it out after a little while as far yeah. as uh, what you want to specialize in. And I think I think really just from seeing which photographers become successful, I think I think the ones that become the most successful are the ones who find a certain thing and stick with that. Well, you don't, if you're dreading going to shoots, chances are you're not happy doing it, you know? Sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I guess, uh, I guess the next thing is, and this is, this is something that uh, I've been asked a lot is um, what kind of equipment do I need? Yeah. A lot of people do. I get, I get a DM about that at least like once a week. Sometimes it'll be anywhere from, Hey, I'm just starting out and I'd love to know if you have like a beginner camera suggestion for me, or I'm buying something for my teenager, um, or I just want to be able to take photos of, you know, X, Y, Z, 
what's good for that. And look, the, the, the truth is about this. If you're going in as a photographer, just go ahead out the gate and get at least a full frame camera. Unless we're, you know, unless you're talking mirrorless, you, you at least need a, a full frame camera. There's no point in paying almost as much for something that can't do uh, what you're going to need it to do, you know, just a few months in. Like sure. once you get in there and you start shooting regularly, you're going to be like, oh, I wish I would have, you know, paid a little bit more and went, went ahead and gotten full frame. And the truth is I highly recommend buying something used. There is no reason that you have to have something brand new. Especially if you're just getting started. I don't think it's, I, I don't think you'd want to sink thousands and thousands of dollars in this until you figure out if this is right for you because um, brand new high-tech camera you might you might figure out a few months down the road that this is really not for me and then yeah. you spend all that money well and, and and the truth is is there's just so much going around so many people who are willing to there's so many options i guess is what i'm trying to say to buy a very good used camera so you well, know that, just search some reputable websites google like what's a decent shutter count like like you know do, do your research on that and be prepared yeah, uh, that's it. That's the thing. The camera companies, they know that there are a lot of photographers who want the latest, greatest toy. So they come out with uh, they they update every couple of years because they know that there's a lot of photographers that are going to just go out and buy whatever is new. And then what that photographer was previously using is going to be for sale, uh, yeah, even though it's even though it's still in good shape. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a super tech person. I don't really geek out on um, new equipment and stuff like that. Like a lot of photographers do. I like to just have something that I can rely on to get the job done, which I use the Mark IV right now. I'm a big fan of Canon. Um, I've seen some really great work from Nikon. It's just what I feel comfortable with. It's what I love. Um, I'm also a big fan of prime lenses. I've never felt the need to zoom in and out. Um, mostly because if, if you're listening to this and this, and you're new to photography, this will make sense to you. You know, once you're understanding manual settings, you cannot zoom in and zoom out without adjusting those settings. So you're not doing yourself a favor, in my opinion, to go from 70 to 200 and forgetting to change your settings accordingly, unless, unless you're already there mentally and you know to do that. So I'm just a fan of prime lenses for that reason. I it, I never zoom. I just move my body back and forth. It makes you interact with the client more. It's sharper in my opinion. I'm just, just my opinion. Um, and I don't feel the need to have a bag full of lenses. I prefer sure. my 85. It's um, 1.8. I do not see needing lower than that. I do have a Sigma art series that's 35 millimeter and it does go to 1.4. I rarely use it at 1.4, but I have that capability. So, um, yeah, you just want to make sure that your lenses, if you choose to go prime, can at least, you know, have 2.8 capability or, or lower. And if you can do that, you are ahead of the game. <laughs> so what do you think, uh, as far as a beginner, do you think they should start out with just one lens or they should they buy more than one? They, I think they have options. If they want to meet in the middle of the two lenses I just said, you can get by with a nice 50 millimeter and just be in the middle. And that, that could be all you have. I'm pretty sure that I shot many weddings on one lens back in the day. Oh, um, yeah. And the 50 puts you right in the middle. So you feel like you have that beautiful portrait style lens, you know, but you also don't have to, you know, back up really I far. Mean, 
I think at one point, most everybody on our team was using a 50 millimeter. Yeah, it's a good run of the, it's, it's good to be right in the middle. If you don't, yeah. if you don't feel the need to be right in the middle or you can't afford a 50. Now, don't make the mistake of getting a very inexpensive 50 millimeter. In the photography world, we call them the nifty 50. They're, you can feel them. They feel like plastic. They're inexpensive and they're lightweight. And they have almost every person I know who's had one has problems, like has okay. problems focusing. Ha, ha, you know, there's there's multiple problems with these lenses. They're cheap for a reason. If you find a lens under $300, you need to question it. <laughs> you know, you really need yeah. to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd say I'd say that if you have the, the better 50, it's very heavy. It's a really nice glass. Then you're good to go. If you're like me and you like the range between 85 and 35, that's, those are my sweet spots. Yeah. Never feel the need to be in the middle of those. I either want one or the other. That's been working for me for years. Photographers out there that want the big zoom, you know, they'll want to do 70 to 200 and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that, that gives you lots of, there's times where I wish I could go to 200, especially if I'm with friends or if I'm with people that are like surfing or at a wedding when you want to be like way in the background. There's there's a need for it for sure. But I think I would wait on that and make sure you really need it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, if uh, a lot of it depends on how much of a budget you have to get started in this. Right. And I'd say rent first. That's a good point. That's that's always stuff, you know. That's always a good option. If you want to experiment with new lenses, rent it for a while. And yeah. See how you like it. You've done that before. Oh yeah. There's there's been certain lenses that I've wanted for certain projects, or I believe one time I was traveling out of the country and I didn't have what I wanted to have then. So I, or I rented. Or if you have if like you keep bringing it back to networking with the community, if you're in a position to be friends with other photographers and they've got some cool stuff that you've never tried. Just ask if you can borrow I've, yeah. I've my stuff so many times to people to let them get a good feel for it before they make the big purchase. It never hurts to ask. So mm -hmm. yeah, ask, uh, ask somebody uh, if you're friends with other photographers. So what would you say would be a good startup budget for how, about how much do you think that somebody would spend getting started? I think between, I think about three grand can get you really set up. Okay. You could probably get in, you could probably get in less than that if you're willing to make some sacrifices or find a really good use deal. So yeah, anywhere, I'd say anywhere between two and three. And you have to keep in mind, you, you, you have to have a MacBook that works efficiently, effectively. You have to have a hard drive to keep your images off the la the MacBook yeah. and you have to have a Lightroom subscription. Those are three things that you cannot really get by without. Yeah. The good, <laughs> the good thing is if you're, as long as you're not doing video or anything like that, the, the Lightroom subscription, I think it's gone up. It used to be about $10 a month. I think it's probably more like 15. 15. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, that's, that's going to be less than $20 a month. Uh, Always recommend, uh, you know, multiple memory cards because they're just like any other kind of technology. They're going to die and mm -hmm. uh, uh, be prepared to save your stuff in multiple locations because external hard drives will also die. Yeah. We've learned that lesson the hard way a few times. I know whenever, you know, I started revisiting film this year or like trying to get involved with film and people always make the comment that it's expensive and I'm like, so is digital. <laughs> that that is true. 
You're talking about this right now. I'm thinking, yeah, you, you got to have all these hard drives. You got to have storage. You got to, if you're doing it properly, like don't get out there, don't get caught out there, not backing up your work in multiple places and stuff. Like don't start out like that. Be responsible. You've, you got to have your work on more than one hard drive. You've, you know. Yeah. Don't, don't rely on one hard drive to save all of your work because it's gonna, it's gonna crash eventually. Yeah, it will. They do not live forever. Yeah. So, all right. So now, now that we've figured out business license, we've got the business license, we got the equipment. I guess the next step is you got to get the word out. You got to find customers. And uh, this is, this is something that's, really changed a lot over the years because it's it's gone from more of a uh, we we talked a few episodes back about when I started out all my competitors were in the phone book and <laughs> I was the first one oh. in my area to do google adwords that was the next thing search engine optimization <laughs> now it's sort of shifted to more social media so it's it's a constantly changing thing who knows what's going to be next Right. Who knows oh what the, the next big thing is going to be? I don't think I don't think anybody knows. But mm-hmm. um, I guess I'll ask you because because you're more of a social media person than than I am. Uh, if you're a if you're a new photographer, what would be your advice to a new photographer of how to get the word out about them? Well, I mean, if you're on social media and I am no expert for sure, but what's worked for me is just to be very simple and strategic with your tags, your hashtags and your geotags. Like I, I can't say enough to avoid those really big popular hashtags that are like, you know, for feature accounts and such, the the likelihood of someone who's actually going to be a paying client to you, finding you in those big hashtags is so small compared to someone who's specifically looking at St. Augustine beach photographer or, you know, Gulf Shores, Alabama photographer, like you only get a certain amount of space to use with hashtags. So I say go for the ones that are actually going to turn into dollars instead of popularity. Um, and then another thing is, you know, if you're where, where you're shooting physically, do not leave out your geotag. You always need to be, because I, I still get inquiries for places I don't even live anymore or places that I've visited. So I know that works. Oh, um, yeah. And then just being active, of course, proactive on social media, always responding to comments and things like that. Yeah. And if you're, if you're uh, talking about doing the hashtags for the towns, um, say you're in the general area of a large city, like you said, if you're using a large city in your hashtags, there's going to be hundreds of other photographers also using that same hashtag. So don't forget about the small communities. Yes, exactly. Just look around them and see. And then, I mean, if you really want to be a go-getter, spend, you know, designated time a day looking up those hashtags, people who are tagging the area, and be proactive with them. Like and comment on them. I mean, there's ways to to really utilize social media if you're willing to work it. And now it doesn't come natural to everyone. I know it's a struggle for me. I don't like to be on my phone a lot. And it's kind of hard. But um if you're willing to just take your coffee time or designate some time in the afternoon or before bed to go after the people who are in your area, let them know you exist in some way, not in a cheesy way, but just be authentic with them. They'll find you. Yeah. Now, what about uh, let's let's talk about networking for mm-hmm. social media uh, promotion as well, say wedding planners um, doing styled shoots with wedding planners. Yeah, or any any style shoot that you can be a part of, whether you've organized it or you're just attending it, those are like going on 
everywhere right now, little content building things, just go to them, go to them. You know, even if you're questioning it, even if you're like, oh, this is going to be crowded. How am I going to stand out? Or there's not going to be enough room to shoot. Just go. Cause you never know who you're going to meet or who's going to see your work from it. Yeah. I think, I think the answer is always just, yes, be involved, you know, make a network of your, of people that match your style too. Not just your style because styles are trendy right now and there might be a ton of people matching your style, but their personality should match your style as well. Like, am I really going to get along with this person? We're going to be able to go out and, you know, do the same kind of work together. Like you were saying with stylists and things like that. Yeah. Network with local businesses too. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you can, if you can partner, partner with a local business and uh, that business has a big following and they're posting pictures on their Instagram and tagging you in the pictures, who knows? It could yep. uh, could lead to a lot of work for you. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Anything else that you would give as far as advice? To I think you? the last thing that I would say, and hopefully this comes across, you know, from a, you know, not as a negative thing. If you're going in as a photographer and you went through all the trouble of buying these, you know, permits and licenses and getting set up legally and you've got the equipment, be serious about your craft. Yes. And I just want to pause for a second on that because there are a lot of people out there just fooling us with what they're posting on social media. To be a good photographer is not to just have a nice aesthetic. It's it. There's a lot that goes into it. It's being able to do a full shoot with any weather condition, any lighting condition, children pitching a fit or couples that are awkward and uncomfortable You've got to, you've got to have the personality to interact with them, to get genuine moments. You've got to have an eye. You have got to learn your camera and know how to control when the lighting doesn't go your way. There's a lot. And there are a lot of people that are willing to call themselves photographers and market themselves before they're really ready. So just take some time to gain the experience before you go out charging a lot of money, get your friends together Photograph as many couples or families in your community, in your church, or that you find online to build that portfolio before you start asking for money. I really think that's important. Right. Don't, don't, uh, don't just set it to A and go for it. Don't, Please. don't learn, learn what that M setting mm-hmm. means on your camera. Any, uh, any good, uh, any good resources that you know of as far as, uh, Oh yeah. I mean, you can, you can find so much stuff. I know, um, we all, we all love the heart university. I think a lot of people follow them and they've got lots of knowledge to give India Earl sells education, flat out education. You can find it anywhere. Um, or just, or just go back to the speed round of our podcast and listen to Brittany Rush's part where she basically explains camera settings in five minutes, five minutes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, not hard just you you know spend some time on youtube going like if there's a specific look that you're going for figure out how to verbalize that whatever that is you know make that you know describe it and type it in online and say how do i get blah 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 look because you'll find endless amounts of, of resources on how to do that and then the other thing is go do it go go try it out go put it to practice yes. before you um practice before you start <laughs> taking money from people yeah, yeah, that and that would do a lot of photographers a favor too, because uh, you know we don't want to be out competing with amateurs that are charging way less than us or even the same as us and giving us a bad rap. Like photographers, b- believe it or not, they're just all in it together. We're we all to make each other look good to represent well as a community. So we all need to be on a similar 
playing field level when we're charging money, you know, yeah. so take it seriously. We talked, uh, we talked last week about how our office gets calls every week from, uh, people who said their photographer just bailed on them at the last minute. And <laughs> I'm so happy that these people come and book with us. But on the other hand, it's, it's kind of frustrating because it gives all photographers a bad reputation. Uh, when somebody when somebody does that if you don't have the discipline and self-motivation to be say when you're growing up a homeschooler like you yeah. know that you weren't good at homeschool because you couldn't get your tasks done then you might want to rethink being a photographer and i'm not saying that homeschoolers aren't photographers that kind of sounds funny i just mean if you weren't good at meeting deadlines without someone breathing down your neck we kind of went over this last week or if you're if you're not you're not going to stick to what you say you're going to do. If you struggle with that and you know that about yourself, this might not be a great career for you because there is a lot of discipline that comes into being a photographer. It's not just, or go back to like what you were saying in the beginning, Ron, it might just be a hobby where you can, yeah. you don't have to operate from a business level. You can just, you know, make pictures for people every once in a while. There's places to volunteer too as photographers, churches. Sure. Yeah, if you want to be a photographer, but you don't want to run a business, uh, volunteer to be a photographer at your church. Yeah. Or, you know, churches always have uh, events that they need photographers for. Uh, you can always you can always do pictures for just family and friends and not even worry about the business license stuff if you're not going to be advertising it to the public. Yeah, one of the coolest projects I was able to volunteer at was Tim Tebow's foundation has something called a night to shine. And if you, if you're interested in that photographers, look it up. It is a beautiful evening where special needs, young people and adults are able to attend an event that is like prom for them. And this foundation goes all out. They roll out the red carpet. You can sign up to be an escort to, to be with um, one of these people all night, or you can, I was able to photograph uh, this event before and it's just beautiful. And there's many things like that. There's many things yeah. you can get involved with if you're not ready to be a professional yet. Or if you live in a market where short shoot, shameless plug, but if you live in a market where short shooters or mountain escape is, and you know, check our website for those locations, we really do cover all the hard stuff. And so if you're, if you're, if you're a photographer that struggles on that end and you just want to shoot and you can shoot well, you can sign up and, and shoot for us and we can handle all the hard stuff for you. That way you can, you know, make a little money and not have to do the stuff that's so that's, that's what most of our photographers say is uh, the reason why they're shooting for us is now some of our photographers, they have their own business and we're just filling the gaps in their schedule. But there are others, probably the majority of them are saying, I want to be a photographer, but I don't want to run a business. So yeah, that's yeah. why, you know, I'm not going to bother with my own business. I'm just going to shoot for you guys. Yep. Love that. And I love, yeah, I love the community surrounding shore shooters because of that reason. So definitely get plugged into that. You can also go to mightsoundwild.co and there's an application there. We've mentioned that before. There's also my personal story, which is basically what Ron was just saying on why I, I chose to go this route. And if you read, if that resonates with you, definitely reach out, fill out the form there so we can get to know you and see if this is a good fit. Yeah. And uh, don't forget to download the free preset while you're there. We're going to have a bunch of other stuff coming up real soon on the Might Sound Wild website, merchandise for shore shooters and mountain escape. Uh, join our mailing list so you get information on our retreats. Uh, going back to what you were saying about uh, 
being a part of learning from events and uh, that kind of stuff. We're going to be doing more retreats in the future. So get on the mailing list to uh, know about our upcoming retreats. Um, we've, we had a, we had a lot of photographers at our last one and uh, they also, they came out learning a lot from it. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. There is our <laughs> advice for those of you who are saying, I want to be a photographer, but I don't know where to start. We may have not covered it all, but at least <laughs> we got you we got you partially going there. Yeah. And always reach out to us. You can find us on social media. Ron and I both have personal social media. So um, yeah. just reach out to us if you just have more questions because we want to be an open book. We want to be helpful. We love to we love both love to help people who are wanting to start out in the business. So uh, yeah, we're we're both available anytime. You can contact either one of us on social media and uh, we're, we're always happy to help. So, And we'll be back next week with another edition of the Might Sound Wild podcast. Thank you for listening to us this week. See you next time.